The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. Are you ready? It's From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. This is our PC. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, all the ships at sea, lovers, muggers, and thieves. Welcome to the Boston Podcast. My name is Dave. If you like this show, Please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Share it with a friend. And by the way, if you'd like your own podcast, kids, we produce them here at pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network. Go to pod617.com to get started. This is the podcast where we tell the stories of your city through the voices of your city. You have a great such voice here today. He's a do-gooder. So get ready to be inspired and cheered up and all that kind of stuff. With me today is Justin Pascarello, who's the executive director of East Boston Social Centers. He's here in the virtual studio. Yes. How are you doing today, Justin? I'm doing well, David. Thanks very much for having me on today. How has your pandemic been? I don't know. We're almost to the point where we can say, how was your pandemic? But still kind of going. How's everything been? My family feels we felt pretty fortunate throughout this. For the East Boston Social Centers, we have been grateful as an organization to have a lot of support from funders. Our staff has worked really hard, so we've been fortunate in those ways. But the communities we serve, East Boston, Chelsea, Revere, Winthrop, have been among the very hardest hit places, both by sickness and by economic impacts during this time. Mm. Have you been able to do what you do? Now, let's let's actually figure out what you do before I even ask you that. <laughs> the East Boston Social Centers, I confess, I had not heard of your organization. So tell me uh, the mission and what kind of stuff you guys do. Well, that's true for a lot of people, David. Definitely uh, something that we're working on, getting the word out there more. The East Boston Social Centers is actually 103 years old. We were founded as part of the Settlement House Movement. And our intended impact is to be the catalyst for a tight-knit, joyful, and thriving community. We serve people from birth through old age in East Boston, Chelsea, Revere, and Winthrop. And we focus on providing education, social connections, and helping people to live into their purpose. So programs range from early education and care, reaching about 150 children from age two months to kindergarten entry. And we pride ourselves on creating a really inclusive environment that allows children of various behavioral, developmental needs children from really diverse backgrounds to thrive. We provide school-age care from kindergarten to about age 13 to 14. Uh, Teen, we have some STEM enrichment programming and then leadership programming with the Joyful East Youth Council. Our family engagement, parent partnership work uh, helps to connect with the most disconnected families in East Boston, specifically with children from birth to eight to help them get the support they need to thrive and parent leadership is at the center of that. And through that, we're also working to help all children in East Boston enter kindergarten joyful, thriving and ready to learn. And then finally, we have older adult programs where we help older adults to have enrichment, social connection and and continue to pursue their purpose as well. 
in non-pandemic times, we're also a gathering place for the community with everything from recovery support groups to ESL classes to community meetings. But during the pandemic, a lot of that has been on hold just for health and safety in our building. See, Justin is a Harvard guy. He went to Harvard. So first of all, that tells me you must love what you do because you could probably work anywhere. And second of all, you came very prepared for the interview. So uh, we'll give you we'll give you some credit for that. Yeah. Thank you. All right. I do love what I do. So and and tell me why. Tell me. Give me either like what kind of moment you enjoy doing what you do, or a moment when you realized this is where I should be. Tell me about that. Yeah. When I went to graduate school, I was thinking a lot about how to bring together what I love doing most, where I have talent and the difference that I want to make in the world. And, and I thought a lot about what people want most out of life. And I think most people want to generally be happy, to be joyful, to, to live well, and they want the same for the people who they care about. And so I was wondering, how do I how can I most effectively help to kind of increase that in the world? And for myself, have found repeatedly that that joy and connection and well-being lives in community. And Love East Boston, uh, Love East Boston. So I was thinking, how can I help to bring this to East Boston? Did you grow up? And you didn't grow up in East Boston, did you? I didn't. I grew up mostly around Greater Boston, uh, a lot of the time in Arlington, Except for a year that I lived in England, I was in foster care and kinship care, and with my birth mother in the early years. So moved uh, around a little bit. Even real Boston guys like me would have to admit that we most of us don't know a lot about East Boston, unless you're from East Boston. Obviously, when I was a student attorney, I, when I was in law school, I, as a student attorney, was able to try two cases because of this special rule in Mass. You have to have a, a lawyer alongside you. But the reason I bring it up is my client was. A, being evicted from her unit in East Boston. So I, I walked some of those streets and it was pretty bleak. It was clear people, some people in the, in the area needed a lot of help. And I think sometimes we only think of East Boston because the airport's there, but, but there's a lot more, right? So how, how did you develop a fondness for that area? Well, it's funny that you say uh, the airport being there because I think I first liked East Boston when I was a kid, I used to go visit my family in England every year from my birth family. And we'd always go to Javelis and have lunch or dinner before I went. And I actually loved the planes flying low overhead. Uh. <laughs> so that was my earliest connection to the community. Then when I was in my senior year in college, I was on a boat cruise near the end of senior year and saw Pierce Park, which is a really beautiful park on the waterfront. And just thought, I need to go check that place out. And initially really came to East Boston partly to explore that. But when I was looking for a place to live, when I was moving out of my parents' house, was looking for somewhere affordable and convenient. And, and that was East Boston at the time. (laughs) The community really grew on me as I connected with friends across the community in that time. So that was kind of 2002. And years after that, it was, I would say there was a, a new group of us who were just starting to discover the community who used to have things like community brunches, community house crawls that we would do and and build a strong sense of community together. People started to work together on some major issues that were facing the community. And what I discovered was that it's a really tight-knit place with diverse people who come together in many ways, delicious food, great views of downtown. So there's a lot to love about the community. There's, to my knowledge, been uh, one rock and roll song written about East Boston. Do you know what it is? 
You know, a friend of mine sings a song about East Boston, but I'm guessing that that's not the rock and roll song that you're talking. Well, there's about. Pro- I guess there's probably more than one, but there was there was a song in the '80s by a local group called the Stompers, and the name of the song was East Side Girl. And I'll play you a little bit of the music video. The rest of you at home can just uh, listen, of course, but. I know this is random, but it's actually a really good song. The recording quality sounds like it's from the 20s. You get the point. That's enough of the stompers. But they, they had about 15 minutes of fame in the 80s. But I always thought there was something kind of cool and, and counterintuitive about writing about an East Side girl, you know. <laughs> so That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, you know who else? Joe Harvard, who was, was one of the founders of Fort Apache Studios that launched a bunch of the most famous rock bands from Boston. He grew up in East Boston. Mm, okay. point. There you so go. Like, uh, Radiohead recorded albums at his studios, bands wow. like the Pixies. Yeah, so that's a really cool Eastie music connection. All right. Go Eastie Entertainment, yeah. yeah. So tell me, you, you mentioned it a little bit, but how, when COVID struck, did you have to rewrite the playbook of all the services that you offer? Or what was that like? We did. It's definitely been a, it's been a busy year. So for our early learning, we, we had to close down all in-person programming at first. That was in March of last year. But our staff continued to be very engaged and busy. We were very fortunate. We connected with foundations and individuals who recognized the great need that very quickly emerged in the community and partnered with us. The city of Boston also partnered with us and other organizations to meet needs for food. So we operated a food site during that time when we were closed. We were delivering food and continued to deliver food to families who can't leave due to transportation or who were in quarantine. We were able to provide and continue to provide rental, utility, support, unfortunately, even support for funeral expenses for some families. So that that was work that happened then and has been ongoing. For our early learning and school-age programs, we also continue to provide educational content. We had virtual field trips during that time. We were providing support. Some of our families tend to to need other behavioral or other supports for their kids. And some of them for a period of time weren't able to access that. So our team was providing additional help for them and just listening to them through the challenges that they were facing. But then in July, we reopened our programs, our early learning and school age, and have been open ever since then, providing healthy, safe, on-site early learning and school age. Since September, we've provided full day remote learning for children in pods of 13. So we, in many ways, have kind of had have been the physical school for those children. And we've heard that there are families who were facing challenges with just navigating the technology, families for whom the, for the parents, English is not the first language, and essential workers who relied on us to provide that educational continuity for their kids mm-hmm. during that time. Uh, we've had hybrid team programs, We have a welcome baby visit program that we've been doing remotely, developmental screening, play groups. So our team has really found ways to 
continue to provide all the essential services and even more than they were doing. And I'm super grateful. We've had these really dedicated team members who have been willing to work in person at times when you know we didn't know all of the health consequences. They took all precautions and have been safe and healthy throughout, but we're willing to take that risk and really grateful to them. So the so much of what your organization does, and by the way, the, the website for the East Boston Social Centers is ebsoc.org, ebsoc.org. Do I have that right, Justin? That's right. Thank right. you. <laughs> and so go to that website to find out what they offer and how you can get involved. So much of what you do is around mentoring and and you know, taking care of, of individuals, children, teens that, that really need help. Do you have uh, an example in your life of a time when either you were mentored to, to, to great success or you mentored someone else? I've had a lot of great mentors. I've been really fortunate, I think. So when I graduated from college, I founded an organization that provides mentoring to foster children. And that, that work partly came out of my personal experience having been in foster care and having a lot of natural mentors. My birth grandfather always asked me if I was the head of my class when I was a kid. And I didn't always know the answer, but I didn't want to let him down. So I always told him that I was. So he set really high expectations for me and and gave a lot of support. So you buried the lead here, Justin. You, you, were, you were a child of, of foster parents. or And tell me what, what that was like to the extent that you, you want to share. Was it one family that raised you primarily or were you more than one family or what was that like? Yeah. So my birth father died when I was an infant and my birth mother was doing the best she could. She has uh, a mental illness that wasn't totally properly diagnosed at the time. And at times was doing a great job and at times was struggling. We were fortunate that her father didn't live right there, but was able to provide some extra support. He had a housekeeper who was with us to kind of check in on things. So at times I lived with her, at times I was with family members, friends, and then entered foster care when I was four years old. Was in a few foster placements, went to live with my family in England for a year, and then came back to my birth mother. And then after a few months, moved to the family that adopted me several years later. So that was when I was seven and they adopted me when I was nine. Wow. Okay. But your, your family in England, that that's the, the biological part of the family. That's, yeah. That's my birth family. Yeah. Okay. Jeez. You're all over the place. And, uh, and off you go to Harvard. That that's, that's quite an amazing story. Do people tell you how amazing you are all the time, Justin? I hope <laughs> that's so. very nice of you, but <laughs> I was really very fortunate throughout the family in England. Who I mentioned other birth family were always in contact with me and, provided a lot of love and support and I was adopted into a huge Italian family that valued family a lot so although it was a lot of moves I kind of had more stability through that change than could be true for a lot of other kids and I was fortunate that my family you know you could you could be a foster child and have people kind of see you as a collection of problems and that was never the way that they looked at me I think everyone always set high expectations for me maybe thought I was a little strange sometimes but set high expectations for me and helped me to do well. Strange is good. In fact, they don't let you into Harvard uh, unless you're at least a little bit strange, right? A little strange. Yeah. 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 So in the, where did you go to high school, by the way? Arlington High School. Oh, Arlington, Arlington, Arlington High School. Okay. Yeah. And after all this, you don't have a Boston accent. Did, did you have I a, did. I had a really strong Boston accent. My family has a strong Boston accent. And I heard myself on my answering machine when I was in high school. 
And, uh, and I thought that, you know, we just don't like the sound of our own voice. Right. Yeah. But I thought the reason I didn't like the sound of my own voice was the Boston accent. So I worked really hard <laughs> to be able to pronounce ours. Yeah. Hi, this is uh, Justin. Obviously, <laughs> obviously I can't come to the phone right now, but just leave a message. I'll get back to you wicked fast. That's interesting. I, cause I, it's always fascinating to me that different people who come from the same place can have totally different accents. My you know, I tend to usually keep mine on a leash, I guess, I can, maybe, maybe because I've always been into communications and speaking and now podcasting, but people say they hear it come out a lot. I can turn it on and off when I like to. I mean, sometimes it just comes in handy if you're talking about Matt Damon or Ben Affleck or uh, Mocky Mac Wahlberg, and it's just fun, but, but then I have relatives, my brothers and uncles that have uh, yeah what dave how you doing oh my god i haven't heard from you in in a forever so it is possible to graduate from the boston accent i don't want to say have it removed because i still like it right yeah and and my family has their own unique boston accent too my parents it's almost like a little bit of an english boston accent like and and they drop r's in places that i don't know if everyone does like pos for horse oh. or con yeah. for corn. There have been times where I don't even understand uh. what they're saying sometimes, <laughs> if you remember. Yeah, well, that, you know, the, the, we the, the, I had a friend who insisted that Boston accents should be considered classy because they are the closest to a British accent, which just makes sense. Historically, this was one of the first places that we landed as Americans, right? I, I don't, I'm not a history expert. You guys can look it up. But, yeah. and then, you know, you have the, the classy Boston accent, you know, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. I have to go to the bathroom. You know, it's, it's, (laughs) it's, and so, which is different than like a Southie accent or a, you know, a Mefford accent or whatever. Anyway, didn't know we were going to talk about accents so much this morning, but once again, Justin Pascarello, who's the executive director of East Boston Social Centers. Once again, the website is ebsoc.org in a moment. We are oh, actually before we do that, let, tell people, Justin, how they can get involved, what sort of things they can do. I'm sure they can contribute money, but t- tell us the ways you can support your organization. Thanks, David. Yeah. Well, we're we're recruiting several people for our early education team and sometimes have some other roles. We're going to be recruiting some AmeriCorps members to serve in our teen program and other places soon. So if people are interested in a great place to work, those are going to be some opportunities. In terms of volunteer opportunities, we have a variety of needs and can kind of match with the specific skills that people bring to us. So we have people who are working closely with us on a work to help all kids uh, enter kindergarten, joyful, thriving, ready to learn. We have someone who's helping us right now with implementing a new fundraising tech, or sorry, yeah, new fundraising database. So yeah, I think bring your interest and passion to us and we can find a place for you to join in. Our motto is when all give, all gain. And, and it's an organization that really lives into that where we find that everyone's able to contribute and, and gain a lot from them. Excellent. We are going to play a round of good stuff where both Justin and I will recommend something good that might brighten your day today. Before we do that, let me take one minute to remind you what we do here at the Boston Podcast Network. Pod617.com is where you go if you want your own podcast. Would you like to be the next big podcast star? Well, we can help you produce it. We'll ship a quality microphone out to you so you can record either in the comfort of your home or at our Westwood Mass Studios. A podcast is a great way to connect with your friends, with your network, with your clients, with your potential clients. 
your guests will be amazed as they are welcomed onto your show and the dazzling product that we produce will not disappoint. Go to pod617.com to get started. The Boston Podcast Network in pod we trust. All right, time for good stuff. Oh, that's the good stuff. It's okay if you dance a little bit to the B-52s, Jay. It seems like you were suppressing a couple of moves there. How, why don't you begin, Justin? Something good you can recommend to our audience. Yeah, well, every Lent I give up desserts in the hope that I won't like them quite as much, and it doesn't usually work. So uh, <laughs> my family loves desserts to be part of any weekend. Uh, Mass Hole Donuts in Arlington. Oh. I recommend. Wow, what a great name. Mass Hole Donuts. In, yeah. I'm going to look it up right now. Yes, uh, unsurprisingly, MassholeDonuts.com, the URL was not taken when they <laughs> opened the business, <laughs> I take it. We only make donut holes, and they are the best in Massachusetts. So they don't actually make donuts. They just make the, the what we would call munchkins if you're a donkey's person. Yeah, they're yeah. big munchkins. Oh, okay. Um, and right. Order them in advance. you got to plan for it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and there's... donuts with a difference in Medford. Yeah, donuts are a big thing for us, so I would also give a shout-out to donuts with a difference. Oh, all right. Well, cool. Excellent. Uh, I Donut recommendations are always welcome here on the Boston Podcast because you don't want life without donuts. You just don't. You don't, people. All right. I'm going to recommend a show that someone just recommended to me. It's been around for a while, but I hadn't heard of it, and it's called Snowfall. It comes from John Singleton, who you probably, some will remember, as the director of Boys in the Hood, that great, great show about urban L.A., that movie came out eh, back in the 80s, 90s, or whatever. Anyway, listen to a little bit of the trailer for season one of Snowfall. Any last words, just in case? Don't miss. You got three things in life when you're born. What your mama tells you, what the streets teach you, and what the future holds, which no one knows. That's the one you got control over. Frankie! Franklin Saint, king of all the white boys. I'm here to buy. I don't sell coke to kids. And what do you sell? You sell kilos to people with money. 50 kilos worth of cocaine hidden in a hot tub? I'm a soldier, not a drug dealer. So what are we talking about? How badly does the director want this war funded? This could actually work. Those 25 kilos could net us just under $2 million. What you doing with that much coke? You're out for money. I try to do things the right way. You know what I learned? It ain't made for people like us. That brick, that ain't worth the trouble that it come with. You know what? I'm rewriting the rules. You do not have my money. Where is it? Where's my money? All right, so that gives you a, a taste of what's going on. There's a lot going on there. And this Snowfall is a show that follows the exploits of a young man named Franklin. So in that regard... And he's in L.A., and I don't know if it's Compton or one of the, but it's certainly one of the rougher area, areas of L.A. So in that regard, it's as a, as a young black man, it follows him just kind of staying on the edge of safety and danger, just like the movie. Now, did you see Boys in the Hood, Justin? You remember that movie? In a long time, but yeah. Yeah, okay, right. So, and that was, oh, his head, his name went out of my head for a minute, but it's Cuba, Cuba Gooding Jr. That was his breakthrough performance as that young man. So it, it kind of, this is this show I'm recommending came out maybe two years ago, but you can watch like all the seasons on Hulu, and it's uh, it's terrific. It combines that that urban stuff from from Boys in the Hood with the 
some nostalgic music from the 80s, which reminded me of the show The Americans. It also combines a little bit of, uh, if you like the narcos, you know, all the drama regarding the drug trade, that's in there. And then there's a little bit of Boogie Nights in there, too, because one of the drug dealers is a purveyor of pornography. So, But it's all very well done, and it's uh, well acted, and you'll recognize a couple actors from other stuff, but for the most part. Anyway, Snowfall. Will you give it a try, Justin? I will give it a try. Thank you, David. Uh, All right. Thanks for being such a good sport, Justin. I hope you enjoyed yourself on the Boston podcast. Once again, so... So everybody knows, Justin, where, where do they go to get in touch with you? I know I've said it, but you say it. EBSOC.org. Very good. Please support the organization. Obviously doing great stuff. And as we always say, you need it more now than ever. Thanks for listening to the Boston Podcast. If you like this show, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever. If you want your own podcast, go to pod617.com. And on behalf of Justin, he's a guy from Boston. Go Easty, everybody. I'm Dave. I'm just a guy from Boston. If you're not, then you must be the other guy. Have a great day, everybody. Hi, this is David Yaz from pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network. Welcome to Pod Only Knows, the game drawn from podcast highlights of pod617.com. The first question is, true or false, there has yet to be a U.S. college to require its students to get the COVID-19 vaccination. For the answer, here's an excerpt from the Twin XL podcast. This is Laura DeVoe for the Twin XL pod. We are excited for season two, and I'm going to throw it over to my co-host, Beth Prampetro. When we recorded back in March, we had a conversation about COVID vaccines and whether they'd be required for students this coming fall by colleges. We felt pretty confident that they probably wouldn't be because that would be unusual, but several colleges have decided to require COVID vaccines for students. We do want to say one more thing. Vaccines are cool. The more you get vaccinated, the more school will be cool. The next quiz challenge comes from Past Tense, the music nostalgia podcast featuring yours truly and Michael Milt Wolf, the chartmeister. See if you can guess the top five songs that contain the word thing or things, according to Ranker.com. Holy crap, I can't think of anything. Okay. The thing. How about the actor Charlie Sheen in the movie Major League? Does that ring a bell at all? Wild thing. Come on. Kind of an easy hint. They got Damn it. So now I'm going to play like a little snippet of the song and see if you can get it from just a little snippet. One thing leads to another. Yes. Very good, Mel. Here's a brief snippet of this song. But if you feel scared, <laughs> I do. Things Will Only Get Better by Howard Jones. That's right. Here's a brief snippet of this song. Oh, my goodness gracious. Crazy <laughs> little thing called love. Of course. A classic. Right. So let's see if you get this one from a brief snippet. Oh, that's Steve Winwood, the finer thing. Wow, well done, Milt. If you want to hear more awesome podcasts, or if you'd like to produce one of your own, please visit pod617.com. And while you're there, check out Gary Levitt and Friends, the podcast, as Gary and Keith interview amazing guests from the world of entertainment, sports, and elsewhere. This is Dave for pod617.com. In pod, we trust. trust.